The late Steve Jobs once said that innovation is the ability to see change as an opportunity, not a threat. And so in today's episode, Paparazzi and I will discuss several businesses and the evolution they have gone through over the years and how innovation has served them. We're also going to be talking about some businesses who failed to innovate and unfortunately have gone the way of the dinosaur. So if you have already started your business and are looking for ways to improve it, then innovation is going to be a key point. So stay tuned. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the summit. Paparazzi and I are here, and we are ready to discuss a very interesting topic for you today. What are we going to be talking about today, Paparazzi? Today we'll be talking about the evolution of business and how things have changed over the decades. Yes, this is going to be quite an interesting one. Now, this is not just an entertainment-based topic. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of entertainment here, but the primary thing to focus on is going to be innovation, and we'll get more into that later. So let's go ahead and start with one of them. Uh, What was the first topic we talked about? So how taxi systems have changed. Oh, right. Yeah, how it went from being, you know, a taxi, some guy working for a company, he gets a car, and then he drives his car around town, taking calls and picking people up and dropping them off places. And now it's evolved into an Uber or a Lyft system where normal people with their normal cars get, I guess, a license. I'm not sure how the the operation works, but Mm -hmm. I'm guessing they get, they have to pass some kind of background check and they get authorized their vehicle is authorized and then they can take regular people take regular people to where they need to go and that, that's the evolution of um taxis right there yeah it's a big shift you know because in the original part it was the taxis were a company-owned vehicle that was distributed to workers you obviously had to get your taxi license or whatever the case may be and you knew your routes so taxi drivers would always drive a specific route they would pick up their individuals there who were usually just like hey taxi you know things Mm -hmm. like that and pick them up and take them to the destination the taxi drivers were always required to like know the ins and outs of the streets as best as possible yeah get around around traffic jams or whatnot and they usually have their own car so like Mm -hmm. you go into the car the car company and i'm always um thinking about this tv show i forgot what's called i think it's like taxi cab or something like that way back in the day Mm -hmm. and it's like these taxi drivers and this is some sitcom but basically you get into work and you have your car and then you drive your car and you keep your car clean and maintain and stuff like that they took pride in their cars and and now it's i mean i guess now it's still their car but now it's their car not the company car but now let's get into Uber and like how different it is. The first thing obviously is gonna be the vehicle, right? The taxi driver companies always had the same vehicle, which was a taxi. Maybe there was a difference in terms of like size. Maybe they had like some SUV or van for like large groups. Or sometimes they have like the black cabs, which yeah. are the more expensive cabs or, you know. You know like luxurious ones, yeah. things like that. But generally speaking, Uber is like whatever car is available, whatever. Yeah. And now it's not even necessarily like taxis was just whoever right now uber is one of the things where it's like oh i like john john's a great driver he talks to me a lot he he drives over the speed limit he's fast or what whatever the case may be john lets me play my music right right. he gives me bottled water he has he has an aux cable right something like that like um so the the way cabs work before you get in the cab you go to where you need to go no one cares what you think now the way the, the the way it works now is Ubers. You get into the car, you go to where you want to go, and that passenger is basically the do or die of your business. Right. Because you could have the best conversation, 
in the world and then you get out get to the destination and you hit a pothole they don't like that you got a one star mm -hmm. your career is now affected because of that yep so it's like it's we go off of this social currency now and i think that just ruins it yeah but, that's a good way to put it like social currency because yeah. essentially yeah the big difference is like in the olden days taxi driver you were just taxi driver number 715 mm -hmm. and now it's like you are john and all it takes is a single person to say, dude, John sucks. Mm -hmm. And then now nobody wants to. And that was the other thing was like, even if you were a taxi driver, you obviously made money based on how many people you, you taxied around, but you also still got paid regularly. At least I believe so. Mm -hmm. And now Uber, it's all based off of the customers that you get. And like the more higher rating you get, and the more tips you get, the more you get requested. Uh, but there's also a lot less security with it, right? Because mm -hmm. if you jack up your car, like that's on you, not on the company, mm -hmm. right? That is your vehicle. So it's one of those things, but at the same time, <clears throat> if you're a, an amazing Uber driver, you get paid really well, you can start upgrading your vehicle, make it mm -hmm. better. And next thing you know, you get more people to come with you, right? You carry more people, you get more money, things like that. And then it just, the cycle continues yeah. endlessly. I've never actually used Uber. I don't, I don't know how it works exactly. Because I've seen things on YouTube where people will pick somebody up in, in a Lamborghini, but they didn't know it was a Lamborghini. So I'm thinking to myself, like, how did they not know it was a Lamborghini? Wasn't it on the app? Or is it just a license plate number? Yeah. I thought it was like a make, model, color, and, and license number. I don't know. But they surprised people in Lamborghinis, and they liked it. So, mm -hmm. um, But I'm pretty sure they paid the same price, whether it's a Lamborghini or a Pinto. Like, they paying the same price. So at the same time... You can upgrade your car, but you're not going to get any more money for it. Yeah. And if, and I, like I said, I don't know how it works, but if they don't know what car it is, you know, they don't really care. Yeah. You know, and they're not going to be like, I want to drive with him because he has Lamborghini because they may not even know what you have. Right. Um, also, yeah, I, I just, and you can also be um, finessed because you may not be the passenger that ordered it because you may order a uh, uber for somebody else mm. you know what i mean so john can order uber for sarah because sarah's drunk and he needs to get her home and then sarah gets in the car but john's the one who ordered it on the on the phone so who knows who sarah is yeah. but john he's been i guess vetted on the app so he's cool but she may be dangerous yeah yeah so same thing the other way around the driver could be completely crazy yeah so it's a little bit different because Uber is just, I guess, some headquarters somewhere, but like it's not like a, a taxi cab company where they know the driver. They they see the driver every yeah. day. They they have probably the driver's social security number somewhere on the W two somewhere. Mm -hmm. But like Uber doesn't have, I don't know how much information they have of the drivers or how much power they have over the drivers. But if the driver does something to the passenger, what can Uber really do? Right. And that also, and that's another part of like the, the evolution of Uber in a sense is now it went from simply being a more casual taxi to like Uber Eats, right? Essentially yeah. certain, certain companies, certain fast food chains that do not deliver, you can have them be delivered to you because of Uber. So you can pick someone, again, you can pick John, mm -hmm. who's a good Uber driver generally. And you can be like, hey, John, I just ordered like, you know, five bags of whatever over at Taco Bell and they don't deliver. If you can pick them up and bring them to me, mm -hmm. I will pay you for the delivery. And right? The crazy thing is that the crazy thing is sometimes they do deliver, yeah. but they still have Uber Eats. Yeah. Like McDonald's. I've been to McDonald's and I've seen Uber come in, pick mm -hmm. up food and leave. Yeah. But then I go outside and I see the motorcycles from McDonald's. 
So like McDonald's will deliver your food, but they will also, you can also get it with Uber. And I don't know if um, McDonald's has a contract with Uber or if Uber is just a, an entity that comes in and, t- and picks up food and, and leaves with it. Maybe. That might be the thing, because if they had, if it was a contract deal, then they probably wouldn't do it because they're like, we have our own drivers. So. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like, if you are a designated driver, you have to get paid an hourly rate, and then you also get tips. Whereas if a company hires Uber, they only pay them for the delivery drive. They're not paying them on an hourly rate. Mm. That's my assumption, mm. but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe they don't pay Uber much of anything. They're like McDonald's doesn't probably yeah. pay Uber anything, but like you said, they probably have to pay their drivers more money. Yeah. Or maybe the food costs more if McDonald's delivers it mm-hmm. versus Uber, because Uber has their own little payment methods. Or something. Yeah. That's, I, that's that's my assumption. I have no, like I said, I don't know the ins and outs of the, the the business, but that's how I would assume it works because it, it's weird that they have their own drivers, but they still allow Uber to come and take the food. And with that being said, I would much rather have McDonald's bring my food because something happens, I call McDonald's and then you know hash it out with them. But I've seen things on YouTube where Uber Eats or whatever delivery um, company will come in, they'll drop the food off, take a picture of it, and then they will take the food with them and leave. Uh, they say that they delivered it. And they'll send it over to the Uber Eats people like, hey, here's a picture. I sent it. Boom. Delivery. And then the person like, hey, I never got my food. And the Uber's like, we have a picture that they, they delivered it. Yeah, yeah. So that um, both with Uber and Uber Eats, this seems to be like this. Everyone's trying to find this loophole. Mm-hmm. And trying to like finagle the system and try to cheat the system. And honestly, I I personally wouldn't trust anybody, <laughs> ra- ra- any random person to bring me my food. You know, right? Yeah. I'd rather you know get it from the source. So if McDonald's, if I'm getting McDonald's, I'd rather McDonald's bring me my food because they're gonna take more pride in it. And then I can always just call McDonald's and then that person get fired. But if you get fired from Uber Eats, a lot of times, who cares? Because that's like a side gig. Yeah. You know, I've actually seen videos, um, not videos, but a video of an Uber driver who was required to deliver like a giant Pizza King pizza. So like these like these 40 inch pizzas. And before he puts it in his car, he like opens it up, pulls out a knife, cuts the pizza, like cuts a slice out of a slice. And then he just like grabs it. For some reason, he like sticks it into his like sweater. And then he like closes the box and I'm like, so he like he's, stole the pizza. He stole a piece of the pizza. Yeah. And then he like pushes so the pizza together to make it. Yeah. Make it look like it's still whole. Like it was never damaged or whatever. So he's basically just like, you know, skimming off the top, if you will, taking yeah. a little bit extra. It's funny you, you mentioned that because I actually saw something on YouTube and this is kind of a, t- a tangent, but where they took a pizza and they cut it a certain way. And then they put the whole pizza back together. It was a perfect circle like usual, but you would never know that they took a pizza. I was like, that's that's crazy, like mm-hmm. life hack right there. That's interesting. But that's probably what he saw too. He probably saw that same thing. Yeah, video. that's probably what he did, yeah. Yeah, like you cut it in a certain certain way and you just fit it right back together. Hmm. It's slightly smaller, but yeah, you never know. Because you wouldn't know, right? Because yeah, yeah, you're not the, gonna pull out a, a measuring yeah. like uh, you're two inches off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, another company I wanna talk about is the evolution of movies and videos. Oh yeah, this is so, a good one. So, back in the day, you know, some of us know about Blockbuster, unless you're born in like 2010 or something, but um, Blockbuster used to be a VHS videotape rental service. Mm-hmm. You go there, you rent a movie that came out of the movie theaters, you know, um, maybe a couple months back, 
and you can get the tape, take it home, watch it. And of course, you have to rewind it before you bring it back. Kids these days don't even know what rewind means. But yeah, you have to rewind the tape because you got to take it back. Otherwise, they give you a, um, a charge for that. And then eventually, DVDs became a thing. Blu-rays became a thing. So then, same concept. You go there, you get your movie, you uh, take it home, you watch it. No, no rewinding anymore. It's a CD, right. so you know. And then people would start like bootlegging videos. Right. You know, ripping I, them I remember them. those days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then CDs turn into, I believe. Yeah, you get, you get to order them now. So instead of going to an actual brick and mortar store, you have to order these movies from the company. And this is back what uh, um, the original Netflix was. You had to order the movie, they send it to your house, and then what you do is you make a wish list. You have all these movies you want to watch. And then as soon as you send one back, you confirm that you sent one back, and then they will send you one. So by the time they get their movie back, you get yeah. a new movie. Um, and that used to be that was like the wave of the future. I and they, remember that. They had that, and also at the same time they had streaming. But streaming was almost unheard of. Like mm -hmm. nobody really streamed Netflix. They only they just sent the DVDs in, and I think you had to pay like a lot extra to get it streamed. But right. like most of it was just like sending a DVD back and forth. And then um, they had the Red Box, which is basically a vending machine <laughs> with DVDs in it, and then you would take a DVD out, you know, um, take it home, watch it bring it back, put it back in the little disc and put it in there. What people were doing were like putting in other discs for like video games or like right, just yeah. empty blank disc and yeah. stuff like that. Or some people just putting paper, circular paper <laughs> in the disc spot and putting it back in there. And the machine didn't know. Right. It wasn't like a regular vending machine that can identify a quarter. It was just a, it just identified a plastic covering that you put into the machine. So, you know, sometimes when you go to the box to get your movies out, because somebody has to go to actually physically go to the machine, take the movies out like a vending machine. They have to restock the vending machine. Right. So until they did that, you could probably get a video that wasn't even a video. Right. It was like a blank disc or mm -hmm. like an empty box or a piece of paper. So they stopped doing that eventually. Actually, they might still do it. I don't even know. I remember it was a, it was a really good idea, right? Again, it, the topic being innovation. It was very innovative because <clears throat> essentially what, what Redbox did that Blockbuster did not is that it gave you access to DVDs at all times. You could literally get up at 2 o'clock in the morning if you're just like wandering the street, see yeah. Redbox, go over there and get a DVD, right? Whereas if it was Blockbuster, they would be closed already. Yeah, closed like 10 o'clock. So the, that was the innovation, which was kind of like unlimited access. It was always available. Uh, obviously, the biggest drawback was that there was no secure way to make sure that your yeah. <laughs> products were returned. Exactly. And, and I think, actually, I don't know the um, timeline, but I'm pretty sure Redbox came before Netflix. And, that, and that was the innovation it because did. they wanted they wanted a vending machine. This is something that I would have thought of, actually, because I like to automate things. But they wanted a vending machine, like you said, to have 24-hour service mm -hmm. and then... That turned us to Netflix. And I'm not sure if Netflix had a box or not. I know Blockbuster tried to make a box. It wasn't as successful as Redbox. And then Redbox was just kind of like a big bootleg service at, at a certain mm -hmm. point. Um, then Netflix came out and they had their thing where you had the same 24-hour service because you're, you're dealing with it online. And you would send it in and they'll send it back. But I think Blockbuster may have looked at it like, oh, this is never going to work or... This is too convoluted or whatever the case may be because Netflix offered to buy out Blockbuster. Oh. Blockbuster was like, nah, we got this. We're going to keep sending, selling our DVDs until 10 o'clock at night and they can just, you know, um, suck a lemon 
until then. But, you know, Blockbuster obviously didn't win that one. And Netflix is um, still around and they're still raising their prices. Um, but now it's just streaming. I don't even think you can send in a DVD or get uh, yeah. one anymore. I don't think it's a thing anymore. I'm pretty sure they, they don't have any kind of DVDs whatsoever. Now it's just a paid subscription to just have immediate yeah. access to all yeah. kinds of things. Uh, I do want to go back to, to Blockbuster. Essentially the reason, again, this being the topic of innovation, they failed to innovate. Mm-hmm. The primary reason for Blockbuster's failure was they legitimately said, people come to us not for the movies, but because of who we are, mm-hmm. because of the experience that we give them. And that was just not true. Yeah. People came because they wanted movies. The movies. They yeah. wanted it fast. They wanted it fast, right? Yeah. And, and so, and, or they want the AOL free discs, something like that. Yeah. And that's what happened. And because blockbusters decided to keep it to their old ways and stick to the old ways of people having to take time out of their day to go over to Blockbuster to look for a movie, to find it, maybe have a couple of snacks. You know, that was like an innovative way in yeah. back in the day, where it's like it's like having a built-in movie theater because it's like you can get your movie. And you can get snacks, Uh, but you know, again, people had to take time out of the day to go over there, get the thing. Hopefully, it was available. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And then have to always return it within a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. Now with Netflix, it was you get a DVD, and then as soon as you return that DVD, I will send you another DVD that's Mm -hmm. on your list. And as soon as you send that back, you get another one. So it's this constant. You never have to leave the comfort of your home. All you have to do is as soon as you put your thing Don't in, have to talk to anybody either. Yeah, yeah. You, you just put your DVD in the mail or whatever, you send it right back to us and you get it to us. Now, it innovated it once again and it became a streaming service where it's just like, you don't even have to leave your home. Don't you don't even just, have to have a wish list anymore. You just, yeah, you just, you got a remote and a TV, you have access, right? You just, you just pay us a monthly subscription, you can watch movies and you can now. take a year to watch one episode if you want. It yeah. doesn't matter because you're paying for the service and like if it was a DVD and it took you a year to watch it then we never had that DVD for you. Yeah, exactly. But now it's like anybody can watch the same thing and it cuts down on cost because you know it's digital yeah. a digital um, asset so they can sell that one digital movie to millions of people mm-hmm. and never pay a single cent more you know before it was a like DVD if everybody in the world wants to watch that DVD they got to mass produce that DVD but now it's now they don't. And I think Blockbuster um, didn't want to uh, cave to them because, like what you said, mm. they had um, snacks. Netflix never had snacks. <laughs> That's true. Um, they had free AOL disc. I don't know, but everyone used to get those. Mm. Um, they had video games. Oh yeah, that's right. Netflix still doesn't have video games, as far as I know. No. Uh, so they're like, we have all these other things, not just movies. So we don't want to sell to you. And all you're gonna do is sell movies. Well, to backtrack a little bit on that, uh, Netflix again, they have innovated more. They do have not necessarily games, but in a way, it's like interactive TV. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah where it's like you make a decision. And yeah, then, you gotta make yeah. a decision before the time runs out, and then depending on what your decision is, if like the the animation will change or whatnot. Yeah. Th- so that's, like, that's, that's the a... closest thing they have to yeah. games, but I think they realize that they're not a gaming platform and there already are like some pretty big monopolies, some other titans out there for gaming platforms. Mm-hmm. So Netflix is, is, I think that's a smart move for them, which is like, Adding a little bit extra, but not trying to like honestly put so much into I it. I think they don't have games because they probably can't get games. It could right? be that too. At, at this point, because Netflix, I'm pretty sure, because Netflix will give you a contract for a movie any time of the week. Um, but the thing is, uh, 
I don't think they can get games because I think the biggest companies aren't giving it to them. Because if you look at Netflix in the beginning, they only had X amount of shows or like they had like C-list movies to B-list movies and right. now A-list movies. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, but if you go to watch, let's say you watch um, a TV show, let's say you watch Lost or something, you, they may have seasons three and three to five. But they don't have like one, two, six, and seven. Right. So like they only get they only get licensed so much stuff. Mm-hmm. But now Netflix is like the biggest thing, so they have license for everybody. Yeah, so they, basically. You see, um, you see like a lot of big um, companies on Netflix. Before you wouldn't, and before you'll see like half of a season. That's why I hated Netflix. So I was like, I want to watch the season. I'm gonna get to season three, and then I'm gonna have to wait because five, six, and seven is only on. I don't know the official. HBO, you know, channel or you know whatever, it, whatever the case may be. So they kept, they had a lot of cliffhangers for no reason mm-hmm. because they just didn't have a license for it. Right. So I think eventually they will get into games. And, and mark my words, that's going to be the future of Netflix because they're going to have video games. <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I promise you. Well, right now the most innovative thing they come up with is exclusivity. Right. They have their own Netflix-only TV shows oh, yeah. and Netflix-only movies. Yeah. And that. to be fair. Some of them are quite good. Some, but like I said, they give contracts to just about anybody. If anybody wants to make a movie, they'll give you. They pretty much give you the money. Yeah. Now, if the movie, if they believe in the movie, they like the movie, they give you good money. If they don't really care for it, they give you, you know, whatever they can afford to give you for you to put content on their stuff. Because they just, I've watched, I've actually got rid of my Netflix because I've seen a lot of like just BS. It's yeah. just like, why would you put this on here? It's like they just doing anything now mm-hmm. and and I didn't like that so I kind of just got rid of it because I just, I just ran out of things to watch wow. nothing was interesting anymore that's fair yeah mm-hmm. so but you know like like you said there's some gems there are some movies on there like wow this is yeah. fantastic I was a big fan of the um, the Marvel shows like Daredevil amazing mm-hmm. TV show one of my favorites uh, we pretty much keep Netflix now for my son <laughs> so mm-hmm. he, can, he can watch it he loves watching like uh what was it? The Madagascar Penguins movie, right? He's all about that. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much the main reason we keep it. There's still plenty of good shows for kids. And since we're still there, like, there's a lot of shows that I like. I love watching Castlevania, the animated TV show. Mm-hmm. It was a Netflix only. Incredible. Mm-hmm. I, if you ever get like a, a weekly free trial, I highly recommend you go check that show out. It's fantastic. And they're coming out with a second season soon. Yeah, they, they have some pretty good movies. Sometimes they have good movies and they try to do it again, like yeah. Bird Box. Uh, actually, Bird Box was okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I liked it, but it wasn't like the yeah, greatest yeah, movie. Yeah, it was definitely overhyped. Yeah. But it was a decent movie. Then they made another one. It's, yeah. all, it's, in, it's completely in Spanish. I didn't, I didn't yeah, watch it because I couldn't understand it. Bird Box Barcelona. Yeah, so I don't know. Have you seen that one? No, not yet. No, but I tried to watch it, but I just... At the end of Bird Box, I was content, yeah. so I didn't really feel the need to watch another one. Um, they had some other movies, some another movie about like you can't fall asleep. Can't fall asleep. Yeah, people in the world like they got hit with some kind of like virus or oh, something, but they couldn't fall asleep. I think I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah and people were going crazy because after a certain amount of time of you know sleep deprivation, you start to hallucinate and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't want to get too far off topic. But Netflix is a great company. Yeah, and um, I recommend maybe looking into stocks on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I highly believe that they are going to go into video games. Yeah. If they're not thinking about it now, they definitely should because yeah. that's the that's the future. Yeah, because right now, especially <clears throat> Netflix is in the eyes of the public 
kind of hit or miss for some people. Mm -hmm. uh, for a good while, they were like, you know, the streaming platform titan when it came to like all things with entertainment. But now with certain things coming out and certain controversies, uh, like, oh, you know, this is LGBTQ woke bull crap or whatever the case is. <clears throat> a lot of comedies. Right. Fiascos. Uh, what was, uh, there was one show, I can't remember what it was called or if it was a movie. But it was essentially about like little girls. Yes, little yeah. girl cheerleaders or something. Cuties or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And they did like very sexualized dancing. Apparently, I didn't watch the movie because yeah. I had no interest in it. But like that was a huge controversy for Netflix. Stocks went down. People yeah. unsubscribed. Like, I think it was like a beauty pageant or something like that, and they were like over sexualizing the girls. Yeah. That and they were yeah. doing like real like um, burlesque style dancing and to, to like things that little girls shouldn't be doing. Right. And, that was the whole show and they were like, this is, this, no, we can't, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is not going to happen. Um, and also they're raising their prices a lot Yeah, that was and they're, they're making it to where you can't share your, your account anymore. Yeah. So that's a, there's a lot of things that are making people want to get away from Netflix. Yeah. So I think that in order for Netflix to, to redeem themselves, they kind of have to consider going into video games. But I think Steam's got that unlocked. Yeah. Like they can't really take that from Steam. And how would Netflix really do it? Yeah. And that that's the big thing too, because um if they don't innovate, if they don't figure out a new way to solve this problem, they're gonna end up just like Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Right. They will never I don't think they'll they'll completely go under, but they're gonna have significantly less subscriptions and with less subscriptions comes less income mm -hmm. and I don't know if they're going to be able to maintain the the stuff that they provide. So they may end up having to start cutting things, and it'll mm -hmm. get smaller and smaller. So they might they might go under because I never thought Blockbuster would go under. That's this fair. is obviously like ten year old, fifteen year old me, so yeah. I don't really know a lot of anything. But I think that it can be taken from them. Like another company can come in, let's say. Flex Fix or whatever. They came in and they just made movies and they started off like Netflix did. They didn't have like name brand. Um, they had like C-list movies and then they go to B-list movies and then eventually they catch up to Netflix with A-list movies. Maybe they get Marvel movies and DC movies and maybe get the contract with that. But then they throw in streaming games. And if they somehow get a patent on streaming games, actually, they, I don't think you could do that. But if they somehow keep Netflix from doing the same thing, then they can just completely wash out Netflix, especially if they do it at a lower price point. That's fair. Yeah. And, and if they maybe add, like, you can share it with three people or something like that, mm -hmm. and you can share your account. But I just don't, I don't know how they would do it, but I definitely know that there is a way to be, it can be done. Um, because, for example, I have a PlayStation, and PlayStation has streaming games. Right. I can, I don't have to buy a game. I can just download and stream the game. Mm -hmm. um, it is slightly laggy, but um, it's a thing. And I think that any new company comes in can take that idea and make and it be better. Movies and streaming games. Yeah. Or they could be like Steam, where you just download the games onto a box. Maybe you have like. Uh, a flex fix box right. and then that has like X amount of gigabytes and you can download games onto it and then in order for you to get a new game you have to delete that game and then download the next game or something like that. So that's another one I want to get into. Let's talk about the evolution of like gaming entertainment, mm -hmm. right? We go back all the way to what is it, 1980 something or whatever when they had like Pong and Tetris, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Atari uh, 20s uh, yeah, yeah. So the biggest thing that in terms of innovation for video games was, first, it was quality, right? It was visual quality. You had, uh, But the know, content came first. You think so? 
I think so. I think Story came first because they. Oh, had, well, that's fair. They had because they didn't have the ability or capabilities to that's give fair. you good graphics. They only had like eight bit at the time. Yeah, because so, I, I think in the original ones, like in Mario, for example, the the story was very very cut and dry. It's like you're Mario, you're just a dude, yeah. and you're out there to save Daisy. I think yeah. it was, or Peach. I, I can't remember because Peach was not the very first princess. Mm -hmm. uh, she came later, but and you fight Bowser, and yeah. then and Bowser, yeah, Bowser, and then Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong wasn't even originally Donkey Kong. Yeah, Donkey Kong <laughs> was actually like a Mario game first, where he's yeah. just like throwing barrels and you yeah. gotta like jump over them. Um, but then I think the very first game that they came out with with a story was probably Zelda. Because that one is like, there's an actual story of like Hyrule Castle being taken over and, and like Link. And the story's still developing now. Like, it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's still ongoing. Yeah. But after that, they started, you know, innovating with higher graphics. You have the, the Nintendo, then you have like the Super Nintendo, which mm -hmm. went from like 8 bit to 16 bit yep. to like 32 bit. Mm -hmm. and, and then Nintendo 64. And then you have the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Uh, but I believe before that was the PlayStation. And PlayStation had really like polygon graphics. I think that was after because that was 128 bit. Because that was it was 64, okay. Nintendo 64, and then the 128 bit PlayStation. Okay. And then I think Nintendo tried to make a CD version. Oh yeah, but they only had cartridges still. Yeah, and then Sega made a CD version, but it kind of flopped. Right. And so again, it's for the most part, aside from now like telling better stories, the biggest innovation with uh, video gaming had always been graphic quality like mm. newer graphics things yeah. look prettier they look more realistic and they're just going and going and going and now we're kind of at the the top of the mountain if you will with yeah. graphics it, yeah. it's almost in, not necessarily it's not impossible i've been confused at some point yeah watching like, trailers of like but it's <laughs> i would say it's it is a huge stride to get like back in the day Becoming twice as good is probably now what it is to take to be like 10% more realistic, mm -hmm. right? The, just the amount of, of data required to make this character look 10% more realistic is probably a much bigger investment than it used to take back in the day when it's like going from Final Fantasy 7 graphics, for those of you who remember, was very polygon style, to like Final Fantasy 8 graphics where the characters were actually like they had hands and mm -hmm. like facial features and yeah. things like that. They had big Popeye arms. Like right, exactly, yeah. you know. And so, but now we get into the newer, more innovative way, which was no longer requiring discs, right? And nowadays you can literally just download video games from, from the, uh, the e-store. And that's where Steam kind of comes in because essentially it has been a constant war between Microsoft and Sony for the most part. And now Nintendo is, is kind of like their own little pocket thing. They are obviously one of the titans of, of entertainment and gaming. And they hold their licenses so tight. Oh my God, dude, you, like death grip yeah, tight. Like you cannot get that I'm out. a little bit afraid to even talk about them right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? Next thing you know, we're gonna get hit yeah, with like- Yeah, yeah. cease and desist. <laughs> but, so we'll just leave that alone. So we'll talk about Sony and Microsoft right now. And the biggest thing between Sony and Microsoft, for a while it was always like graphics, like, oh, uh, Sony graphics are better than Microsoft graphics. Now the biggest innovation between the two of them is exclusivity, right? Like God of War, Spider-Man, those kind of games, certain Final Fantasy games, Xbox does not get any access to them. Mm -hmm. And Microsoft gets things like Halo, which unfortunately bombed, it mm -hmm. did not do very well. Uh, but then you have this new kind of up-and-comer, and I think it's the probably the better one overall, which is Steam. 
because yes, they have everything. Yeah, they basically they can have, get everything. They have all the Xbox. They have all the PlayStation. They don't have any Nintendo because Nintendo they're yeah, like uh, they're like the mafia. Yeah. But they have everything else, and that's that's one thing that kind of got on my nerves. Not for Steam because you know good, good good on you Steam, but for PlayStation because I have a PlayStation Five. Yeah. Which is the super sought out, out, out super sought after system. Super expensive. Super exclusive. No one can get it, and I think even still to, to today, it's, it's yeah, like it's really difficult. hard to get. But I had one for so far a few years now. Why? None of the games I have are exclusive. Not a single one. Yep. Maybe Ratchet and Clank is probably the only exclusive game so far because I thought Returnal was exclusive. Oh but yeah. It's on PC now. It is now, yeah. And I'm pretty sure Ratchet and Clank could probably be on PC, but then again, Ratchet and Clank I think is owned by Sony. Like Naughty Dog. Yeah. So um, they're good, but. Yeah. As far as everything else, I, I, I'm hard. It's difficult for me to even um, find a, an exclusive PlayStation Five exclusive game. Right. And even the ones that are exclusive to PlayStation are not exclusive to PlayStation Five. They're also PlayStation Four games, which is weird because PlayStation Four has pretty much been obsolete for years. Right. So why haven't they moved on to just PlayStation Five exclusive games? Yeah, that's again. I think that's a. <clears throat> I, I mean, I get it because I think it's because PS5s are so difficult to get that they don't want to kind of alienate a huge portion of their audience because there's not, there are probably more PS4 owners in the world than PS5 owners in the world. Well, absolutely. Def most definitely. But I think at the same time as a company, I mean, I guess it's safer to, you know, appease the people who own the older system. But yeah. if you look at the history of gaming systems, they've just moved on. Yeah. Like play, Nintendo doesn't have... Nintendo 64 doesn't have backwards compatible games with Nintendo, mm -hmm. and then like um, Super Nintendo didn't have games with Nintendo, and 64 didn't have games with Super Nintendo. They just kind of moved on and yeah. cut the ties. But now PlayStation 5 is like we're gonna hold on to PlayStation 4 for another 20 years. That's the problem. So like, why even have a PlayStation 5? And so <clears throat> I've seen a lot of streamers who do who talk about this. There's this guy that I like. His name is Maximilian, dude. He does primarily fighting video games, but he loves a lot of like Final Fantasy stuff and RPG games. And so he did God of War. And one of the biggest problems, it's still fine because the game is still like incredible, but the biggest thing that he notices is that there's certain parts of the game where like a log will be in your way and you have to like push a button to like move it. And that is basically the developers creating loading. a loading screen, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a manualized loading screen, if you will. And the only reason they have that is because PS4 systems are not capable of doing a solid transition into that. Mm. Where if it's a PS5 exclusive, they don't have to kind of have that lower quality. Kratos could just walk up and be like, grab it and move it and then continue on. But because the PS4 still has to have this game, they have to put these things in, in place so that it doesn't screw up the game for the PS4 users. Mm, yeah, and yeah. so that's the issue is it's like, you would literally just have a more streamlined, more smoother game if you cut ties with PS4. Mm. Right. Yeah, and PS5 games, and this is one thing that they advertise, is that they don't have loading. Yeah. And it's because of that reason for one, actually, that's the PS4 thing, but um, PS5 didn't really have loading because if you play the, the new Spider-Man game, yeah. you never load into a new area. You go oh. into a house, you go into a house. You come out of a building, come out of a building. Mm -hmm. Like there's not like a loading screen where it's, you know Spider-Man's running in the corner of your screen yeah, for like yeah. 20 minutes. But yeah, like you said, that that that's one thing that they do definitely do. Like in the Tomb Raider games, like you'd be sliding like. 
going through like a crevice, yeah. sliding on, like basically scaling the wall, and that's a loading screen. Yeah, yeah. Or like go like going through like the brushes and like exactly all yeah the um the weeds out of the way. That's the loading. That screen. is a loading screen. Yeah. So it's a better loading screen. A significantly better yeah. load. Like yeah, to an untrained eye, like you would not know. That's that that is what the point of it is specifically to slow the game down so that it can, it can load the rest in. of it. Yeah. It can render in and unload things behind you. Yeah. So that's why you can never, if you ever do any of those actions, you can never undo them. Yeah. So like you can never be scaling through the um, brushes and then stop and turn back around and go, you can never do that. Yeah. And if you can, that's not the loading screen. It's no. just, you just have freedom to do that. And it's that the developers just being annoying at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but, um, a lot of things they do, they do, and I don't wanna get too off topic, but a lot of things they do is like, they have like white marks on walls or like yellow marks on walls. Yeah. Or some places are more lit up than others because they want to direct the player to those areas. Yeah. So I think that's pretty um, innovative and pretty cool. And um, online games, did you know that they have like this invisible ELO system? So basically it's a rating system. So if you play an online game, say you play League of Legends, okay. you're gonna be matched, the first like 10 games mm. or un, unranked, they don't really use an ELO. They're mm. trying to develop your ELO. Basically it's your skill level. I so the first 10 matches, they're gonna put you with this random people that don't know what they're doing and see, and see how you fare in those games, whether you win or lose. And if you win too many times, the game gets harder because they put you with uh, more experienced people. If you lose all those games, they're gonna put you in, the game's gonna get easier because they're gonna match with people who don't know what they're doing. Uh, so they have, it's called an ELO system. Mm -hmm. And also, if you're playing a, a game, an online game, sometimes they put you with bots and the game is, basically made so that you can win. The bots are super easy. Right. Because statistically, if you play your first game and you get destroyed, <laughs> you're not gonna play the game anymore. You might, yeah, you might just give up. Yeah, you're quick. So if they if you destroy them, you're like, man, I'm like the best at this game. I'm about to be a streamer. I'm about to put, make a Twitch account right now. Right. And then you go into your <laughs> second game, you just get demolished. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they just want to get you in that first game. And that's like all the psychology of um, gaming industry yeah. and we can actually go into that in another episode but like i really want to yeah, dive more into the, the psychology of the games yeah that's a good one um but continue on with innovation as you can see like in order to become successful you can't just stop what you're doing you got to move forward and try something new and sometimes it, it doesn't work like for example we take steam which in my opinion even though i also am a ps4 owner and i do not have a computer i love steam I think Steam is fantastic. I know its current competitor is Epic Game Store, and the biggest thing with them is that they just have so much money that they can literally get exclusive access, like timed exclusive for, for certain games, right? So it's like you can get it first from the Epic Game Store, but from what I have heard, the Epic Game Store launcher is garbage. Like it sucks in every single way in compared to Steam. So Steam may not be able to get the game sooner, but you get a way better quality of gaming, right? Mm -hmm. The downloads faster, it's a lot smoother transition, it's easier to navigate through your games library and things like that. Mm -hmm. And Epic Game Store just like, it sucks. Mm -hmm. The only thing is you can just get it sooner. So that's all I've heard. And in that situation, it's like, which is better? Like the innovation for Epic Games is you can get it sooner because they have the money to get it sooner, but you basically get it in less quality. Like, is that yeah. worth it? I've never actually, even, I never really messed with Epic Games. Neither have I. But 
I'm a, I'm a huge Steam fan because not only does Steam have name brand games, they pretty much have all the games. They have there. everything. Yeah, and I don't care if I get it a week later because I'm too busy to play the game. That's on, fair, yeah. Launch, on launch day anyway. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be playing it way beyond launch day regardless. I don't care how far along Jimmy is from me. Yep. It doesn't really matter. As long as I get the game. And um, they have, they have um, indie games. That's what I love about it. That's a beautiful thing because... To me, in my personal opinion, indie games are way better than most streamlining or a triple A uh, games. AAA games yeah, yeah, because triple A games are trying to appeal to a narrative, or mm -hmm. indie games are trying to appeal to their love for gaming yep. and development. There is a significant disconnect mm -hmm. with AAA games to the audience in my opinion mm -hmm. with a lot of them yeah. now this is not this is not exclusive to every single AAA games God of War is is the exception to this game Spider-Man is the exception to this situation but like a perfect example is things like Call of Duty right where the story from Call of Duty used to be really good like I remember Modern Warfare was like amazing mm -hmm. and then they came out with black ops and black ops was great and then they get black ops 3 and i was like what is this and you get black ops 4 and it was just trash and the narrative for the game was terrible because people just didn't invest the time in creating a good story all they wanted to do was create new ways of pvp mm -hmm. which just didn't really appeal to the audience because mm -hmm. it's like what's the point of this if a new one's going to come out next year and then they did microtransactions was totally ruined their reputation yeah let's not get into ea games yeah like, that's nothing but microtransactions but you know some of these indie games just come like are their graphics even remotely as good no, no. i've seen some sometimes, but some of the best ones yeah. are like 16-bit 32-bit games yeah it's like 8-bit isometric like completely ugly but yeah storyline gameplay amazing right. ai amazing yeah and the thing about um um these indie games is they care about the community i've seen indie games and in fact i'm playing a couple of indie games myself or the community and you can just google the game and the first five different people that are talking about the game um they're basically the, the community so um if you say this game should have uh, more damage in this department or mm -hmm. less damage in that department or they should have this kind of equipment because this exists or they should have this in this area or this building in this area they do that they make that happen right like a month later the new update has all these things that these ra random five people on YouTube talked about whereas like the AAA games you have to you have to basically put a petition with a hundred thousand and a million people have to say the same thing and yeah. they may maybe they'll do something about it yeah. or they'll maybe just say that they're gonna put it in there but then they don't like you were talking about like, i think overwatch or mm -hmm. whatever it was overwatch the big one yeah yeah so they'll say it but then they won't do it but like the indie game they listen to the audience you can go to reddit and then google the, the name of an indie game and see what people are talking about and look at the update um the history of updates and see that it matches like yeah. people are saying this needs to be done these things are being implemented so I'm, I'm actually on my phone right now looking up some of the top indie games and one of the ones literally was at like the game awards and it won for I think it was like second place for game of the year mm. and it was Hades mm. right oh and I it, played that game if, yeah if you have played Hades that game is mind-blowingly good it yeah. is not only is it a really good roguelike with lots of like ways to build your character the story is amazing 
it's got to be like at least a hundred hours of like dialogue in story. Yeah, like yeah. every time you go, there's always something new yeah. going on. Like even now, I haven't played that game for like three years, mm. and my son wanted to play it one day, and I'm like, all right, sure, we'll play it on my account because I've already beaten the game. Um, new stuff is popping up, and I'm like, oh, this is some cool dialogue. I'm like, I'm like telling my son, like, stop pushing the button. I want to listen to what they're saying. Yeah. Like, what, what is Hades yeah. saying? Like, I've, I've never heard him say this before, you I know? I played during the early access when it kind of, like, first came out. Yeah, yeah. And that was released. I haven't, I don't think I've played since, I've played a little bit since it was released because then you get to beat, what is his name? I think, I think it was Hades, right? Yeah, Hades is the final boss. Yeah, so you get to beat him, but then you go into the next place. Mm -hmm. And before, when it was early access, you beat him and you go straight back to, to hell. And, um... Now you can go on to the next place, and then each time you go to the next place, it develops more and more and more. Yeah, and more. yeah. I, I don't even, I've only played a couple times after it released, so mm -hmm. I don't know how far you can go because I've beat Hades like a million times. I yeah. Get sent right back. But yeah, that, the dialogue, even when I was playing it then, he would do something, he'll say something, and it would be like completely different. Yeah, I've never heard him say that before. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Like, I'm looking at it right now, and a couple of them, like, Immediately popped in my mind, like Stardew Valley is a really Star popular uh, one. Made by one person, which yeah. is crazy. Celeste, I hear was really good. It's like mm -hmm. a platforming one. Played that one as well. Um, it's, another it's a one. challenge game. It's, yeah. It's like super precise. I beat it too. I got like maybe 90% on that. Another really good one that I specifically played, my wife adores. And we're waiting for the second one to come out because it finally has been released. Or not released, but like it's coming out. Mm -hmm. Is a Hollow Knight. Oh, Hollow Knight with, is so with the good. girl, the new one. Yeah, the, the new one, Silk Song. That was yeah. coming out. The, oh man, I got 112 percent on that game. Yeah, like, yeah, my wife did too. And then <laughs> she they, got then everything. They updated, and then I, I never went back to finish right. it. But like, and the, that was the beautiful part, right? Because the update was free, mm -hmm. right? Like you got a whole new boss, and, and dude, that boss is tough. Let me tell mm -hmm. you. Um, but, uh, uh, my favorite boss is the three. Uh, I think that, like. Mosquitoes or whatever. Oh Three my sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're my favorite. They're my right favorite there. too. Yeah. I like to play them on like um no. I think it's like no touch mode or whatever. Yeah. Like you get hit once you die. Die. Yeah. And just watching them like throw the little thing down. Yeah. Like two of them come up and. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah crazy. The secret version of them they're called like the sister. Uh, the original one they're called the Mantis Lords. Yeah, Mantis Lords. But then yeah. the secret version is called Sisters of Battle. And yeah. You get to fight all three at once. Like yeah, that is wild. I was playing it and then I was like I beat them like yeah take that and then all of a sudden they all stood up I was like oh. <laughs> and they just jump down and start doing it all at the same time. Yeah. That was crazy. So sorry about that. We're getting a little bit off topic, but you can see yeah. um, these indie developers yeah. clearly know what they're doing because they have touched our heart and soul. Yeah, definitely. And that is the innovation is like, sometimes what happens is like these companies innovate to the point where they become so successful that they, they disconnect. Yeah, they yeah. disconnect from reality and from the people that they are there to serve. Yeah. And, and that, that is a problem. That's sad because... You go from indie to AAA, and if they keep that same community, then cool. But if not, then it's like, uh, I, it, it just it sucks because you you grow up with these games and like you um, become one with these games, and then all of a sudden they they disconnect from the community and they just start doing whatever pushes whatever narrative right. is paying them. But like now, uh, I'm playing indie games and they're free, and some indie games will have like cosmetics. And because they're so good, I buy all the cosmetics. So yeah. I'm, I'm feeding them money that they need to keep developing, and I have no problem with that. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. As long as it's not pay to win. As soon as it becomes pay to win, and they start getting sponsorships from other places, then it starts going to like crap. So. Yeah, yeah. Pay to win is is like the the telltale sign that the game is kind of going south. Yeah, that or ads. If they start like throwing yeah. some kind of ads in there. So I want to ask you a question because this is a new innovation by Steam, which is the Steam Deck. What do you oh, think of it? Uh, yeah, I was gonna bring that up. The Steam Deck. 
I feel like the Steam Deck, they're trying to do, be something that they're not. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't I don't really know what to make of it. I don't, myself personally, I have a computer, so I have no reason mm -hmm. to have a Steam Deck. I think that's the big consensus too. Because yeah. the way that I see it essentially is Steam is trying to basically recreate the Nintendo Switch. Right, because it's basically Steam in the pocket of your hands yeah. on this thing. And I think they're going to fall apart like Sega, Sega Oh, like Game Sega Gear. Game Gear. I remember yeah. those days, yeah. Um, they... So, I've heard people... One, it's like $500, I think, for it's Steam. It's like six. Yeah, so it's it's not cheap. Yeah. Granted, I get it. Like, it sounds really cool because you basically get to play all your Steam games mm -hmm. wherever you go. But if you're not a traveler, then what is the point? Yeah. So conceptually, I think it's a great idea, but yeah. I feel like it's an idea that everyone's done mm -hmm. and not everyone has succeeded at. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Sega Game Gear, I think they were way ahead of their time, first of all. Sega in general was way ahead of their time. Like yeah, every system that they made. Dreamcast. And Dreamcast, yeah. oh my god. But uh, we'll get into that later. Anyway, the, the handheld system, because I know somebody who actually has one, and, I, and I, I held it and I looked at it and I was like, it's real sleek, it's real light, it's real nice. Everything about it is good, except for they, they can't answer why. Like, why have one? Because I have a computer. My computer has amazing graphics. Right. You know, Steam Deck has Steam Deck graphics, right. and, and they're going to be they're they're pretty much um, pigeonholed into whatever graphics they have. My I can upgrade my computer, and if games get better, I can keep upgrading my computer until I keep matching the the quality of the game. But Steam Deck, if they keep upgrading the graphics of the game. The Steam Deck is never gonna be a better Steam Deck. It's right. gonna, you know, the graphics are never gonna get better. Also, it's hand, it's a controller. Mm -hmm. So if anybody who's a PC gamer can tell you, controller versus key keyboard <laughs> and mouse, yeah. completely <laughs> different. I I have games on my PC that I also have on my PlayStation. Right. I can't stand playing on my PlayStation if I have a keyboard and mouse. Mm -hmm. And I always Google ways of trying to like integrating my keyboard and mouse to my PlayStation because the controller sensitivity versus the keyboard and mouse is it's, yeah, it's night and night day. Because I can I can move the mouse like an inch or I can move it a foot mm -hmm. and it makes a difference. But the, an analog stick I can only move it like an inch. Yeah, basically, and, you know, you have to like really yeah, like finagle really with the sensitivity. And it's hard to do that in heat of battle or whatever yeah. it is. And the keyboard has like a hundred keys on it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, controller has like fifteen maybe. Yeah. So this, how do you take a keyboard and mouse? peripheral whole thing and put it all into a controller yeah. i just don't see how you can do that you can't that's yeah. the, i think that's the problem so it's basically like taking steam and putting on your playstation and your xbox yeah that's basically what it is and i think it's the same situation where it's like granted sony did try the same thing right they had the psp and the ps, PS vita, vita yeah. and they both flopped they both flopped and i and, have both of them <laughs> yeah and they like they did i think they did it um a smarter way because the way that they kind of incentivize for you to get these things was by making exclusive content for it like for one yeah. it's no longer exclusive now mind mm -hmm. you because those things flop but like my favorite character in Final Fantasy is Zack <clears throat> and the reason I liked him was because I played Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Crisis Core mm -hmm. which was only playable on PSP and then maybe later on PS Vita <clears throat> they recently just came out with a remake version of it for the PS5 where you play the whole game all over again better graphics all that jazz mm -hmm. But uh, for the longest time, you couldn't do that. Another one was like Kingdom Hearts. Birth by Sleep was exclusive to PSP. Mm -hmm. You couldn't play it, in, or was it Birth by Sleep? I want to say yes, because I know another one came out where it's like 
Kingdom Hearts 3D. Mm-hmm. And that one was like exclusive to the Nintendo DS, I think. 3DS, bro. Yeah, 3DS. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it was Dream Drop Distance. It was 3D, and that was why they got a 3DS cover. That was pretty that innovative. Yeah. I still have a 3DS. I actually dusted it off the other day. Yeah. And yeah. So, but yeah. Um, again, it didn't really work. It only seems to work for Nintendo because 3DS is still pretty popular nowadays. Not as much because it's like, why do that when I've got a Switch, which is basically a much bigger and more powerful version. So here's what I think. I think the Steam Deck sucks compared to the 3DS, PS Vita, Game Gear, all those other systems. The reason why I think that is because they're coming from a controller-based system Mm. to a controller-based handheld system. So Steam, or not Steam, um, uh, Switch is going from a control, like a Joy-Con controller handheld thing, put it into a dock, bigger screen, better controller, still controller. Steam's going from keyboard to mouse to controller. So like when I had the um, PS Vita and the um, PSP and I have the PS Vita, PSP, 3DS, Game Boy, I had all that stuff. And the thing is, I would play the games on my PlayStation or whatever the main system was. And if I liked it and I want to continue to play it, I want to lay in bed and play it, I can still play it with the same controls and everything's the same, it's just a smaller screen. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool, I can take it away. And that's that's literally what Switch is. It's just, yeah. You just literally pick it up out of the dock, pick up where you left off, and keep on going. And then keep playing somewhere else. But like, I don't ever go on my Steam games and like, on my keyboard and mouse and playing the game, like, you know what? Let me go ahead and get a handheld yeah. controller. Right, system because and, like, now you have to like adjust, yeah, like, okay. It's completely different. Like, yeah. now I have to key bind everything and I have to get used to the, the D pad in the analog stick versus the, um, I have a, a Razer um, mouse which has like 15 buttons on the mouse right. alone. I've seen those. And then my, my right hand's in charge of like 20 buttons and my left hand's in charge of 20 buttons. Now I gotta go to like 15 buttons with both hands. Like, I don't. I can't do it. It's yeah. just, it's, it's different. It's like night and day. So v, PS Vita, Switch, Game Boy, all that stuff is going from um, controller to controller, where Steam is going from keyboard and mouse to controller. Yeah, and I think that that follows one of the, the key concepts of like entrepreneurship. Uh, Alex Ramosi has said it multiple times, where it's like when you're doing something. You do it and then you make it better and you make it better and you make it better and you make it better. And only when it is the best that it could be do you like branch off into something else. But it's never a good idea to make something better by branching out. That's way different. An example is like if you're selling fitness, you don't want to be selling something that has nothing to do with fitness. Where it's like, hey, gasoline or something. It's like, what does that have to do? Do, you yeah, know? it's like where are you going with your company? You, you want to keep it consistent, and, and in this situation, while the the consistency is still video gaming, it is a completely different way to video game. It's mm-hmm. video gaming with keyboard and mouse, and then now video gaming with a handheld, mm-hmm. right? And they're totally different. Like sensitivity is different. There's there's um, what is it called? Like auto aim, I guess, mm-hmm. auto targeting for certain games, right? Where the, the it'll like stick to the reticle, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't get that with keyboard and mouse, but you have a lot more yeah, 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 control yeah. over yeah. where you move your thing. Yeah, with the con- with the controller, they automatically put auto aim in it. Yeah, and then with the keyboard and mouse, they don't because yep. obviously you have so much control over it. Mm-hmm. And that, and like to be to have to switch from that. You know, from one minute doing this and the next minute you're doing this, and you might get, you know, used to the auto aim and you don't have it on the keyboard yeah. and mouse, and like you just don't have the fluidity of it. It's just, 
I, I don't see it being too successful. So if you buy a Steam Deck because you don't have a computer, that's one thing. Yeah, that's if fair. If you have a computer, there's no reason to buy a Steam Deck. Yeah, I would Because I don't care how much, I mean, unless you travel so much, but I just don't see it. So like, it doesn't make any sense. And the price point. That, yeah, that's also a huge one. It's expensive. But let's go ahead and I'm going to end this episode with a question for you. Okay. How would you innovate the Steam Deck? If you had to make a mobile version of Steam, what would you do to make it more innovative? The Steam, how would I innovate it? I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard to say because I, would, I wouldn't even do a Steam Deck if I had Steam on PC. Um, there's a lot of things you can't do with the Steam Deck from what I understand. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of games you can't get on it. Uh, oh really, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so I would put those things on it. The things that they don't have, mm -hmm. that they should have, they should just put, put on there. Um, some some of the games I don't think are even available on the Steam Deck, mm. and I haven't really played around with it too much to know like the full capacity of it. I just right. know like the concept of it. Uh, how would I make it better? Maybe separate the controller from the unit, mm -hmm. and maybe have it like a like kind of like the Switch, yeah, yeah. where you can just you, you can stand it up and play it separately mm. where you can hold the controller separate from the screen yeah but that's also done with playstation yeah you can actually go and buy like a like a briefcase and play playstation on the go i was actually thinking of it like that where it's like if you are obviously a keyboard and mouse player and you mm. want to do this like on the go maybe you're traveling you're at a hotel you're not going to bring your massive desktop with you you can maybe have like a fold out suitcase, whatever that has like steam built into it. Or if it's even more mobile, think of like switch, but like if there was a way to make it so that when you pull out the joy cons, if you were, mm -hmm. one of them could like put flat on the side and that could be like your keyboard part. And the other one literally has like a roller ball and that could be your mouse. So yeah. you have like your own little keyboard and mouse thing instead of legitimately using joy cons. Yeah. And it can, it can be an abbreviated keyboard. It can be just the ASD. Yeah. The whatever. Asda, whatever. It has like the space with the control and the shift and they're all in, you know, the basic controls. And right, maybe right. like one through, let's say one through five. Right. A couple hot keys. Yeah, hot keys. Maybe like F1 through F6 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Just the basic left side of the thing. And then you have your mouse, maybe either a trackball, you can use your finger, mm -hmm. or maybe just like a mouse that's super sensitive to where it can do everything within like, we're only moving like an inch. Yeah. Or, you know, adjustable. And then you can do it that way. And that way you can have your hands pretty close together. So if you're on the airplane or you're in the car or something like that, you can still do keyboard and mouse and still see a screen. And you can have a little briefcase set up. Right. I think that would be better. But I, I think, think so that's kind of too far ahead yeah. in the future. And it's kind of like, if you're doing all that, just go home and play the game. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if there is a better way to do it. I'm pretty sure somebody will think of one soon and, and implement it. Wow. All right. So that's going to be the end of the episode. I want to leave you with this last bit. Again, innovation is what drives progress. You always want to be looking for the new way to improve upon yourself, improve upon your business. Don't try to stray too far from the path. Again, we talked about the Steam Deck and why that's a kind of an issue. Kind of do what you're good at, and then once you can no longer get that good, or once you can't reach a certain threshold, maybe consider branching out in a similar vein. Uh, and don't be afraid to try new and crazy innovative things. Again, if even if it fails, at least you know what not to do the next time. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one. But with that, I think we're going to go ahead and end this episode. Uh, real quick, before we do, though, I do want to let you guys know that we are over on Patreon. We're at Summit, or is it? Yeah. Summit 
JP, right? No, Summit Podcast JP. Yeah. Sorry. I can't even remember the own the URL. Yeah, yeah we switched can... it a few times before we Yeah, we did. But we're over at patreon.com slash summit podcast JP. If you would like to go over there and support us, we would really appreciate it. And leave us a comment down below. Let us know what you're interested in talking about. We'd love to hear some topics from you so we can try to solve your guys' problems. But without that, we're going to end this episode. So until next time, my friends, keep on climbing. And we will see you at the top. <laughs>